Zoom. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday. You ever had that job where you uh, were like 10, 12, 15 years old and you go mow lawns? Well, what if you could make a career out of it? Let's find out how that happened on today's episode. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros! Bros! Yeah! <laughs> it is fire time! <laughs> it's that time! All right, all you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it, and if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz to schedule your time slot, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and so honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. You know, Hernan mentioned it, but when I was a kid, I did walk up and down every street in my neighborhood looking for those neighbors who wanted their lawns mowed. I did all right with it, but what today's guest has done has taken that neighborhood with the uh, neighborhood kid with the lawnmower to a whole new level. Our guest today started out mowing lawns himself, but has since become an app developer and has created the Uber for lawn care. His online marketplace connects homeowners with local lawn care providers and now boasts over 200,000 users with 20,000 homeowners hiring through the app each and every week. Tune in to find out how this serial entrepreneur has grown multiple businesses to eight figures and how his newest app has revolutionized mowing lawns for multitudes of people. Joining us today from Green Pal out of Nashville, Tennessee, welcome to the show, Brian Clayton! Woo-hoo! That was pretty good, James. That was, that was, oh, I got to give you credit on that one. I got to give you credit on that one. All right, Brian, let's do this, man. Take me back to when uh, Dad said, Brian, get out there and mow a damn lawn. Yeah, so luckily I was forced into business ownership, kicking and screaming by my father on a hot summer day. He interrupted me playing Super Mario Kart and said, get off your butt. You've got a job to do. You're going to go mow the neighbor's yard. He forced me to go cut the neighbor's grass. Luckily, he did because after I uh, got done, I got paid 20 bucks and something about that. Uh, just resonated with me. I, I I remember the first thing I did when I got done is I went to my old school desktop computer, printed up a bunch of flyers and started passing them out around to, uh, the neighborhood. And by the end of that first summer, I had like 15 people I was mowing yards for. If and- you're good at something, never do it for free. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I stuck with that lawn mowing business and uh, grew it little by little over th- through high school and through college. When I graduated college, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go into the job market or stick with this lawn mowing business? I didn't really want to be a lawn guy, but I said, hey, let's just see how far I can take this thing. And over a 15-year period of time, I grew it into one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee where I live. Got it over $10 million a year in annual revenue and uh, over 150 employees. 
And so in 2013, I was able to navigate that company to be acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the country. And uh, after that, I retired. I took some time off and got bored. I thought, okay, I need to get back in the game. I need to get back uh, grinding on something. And the idea for GreenPal, which is the Uber for lawn mowing, uh, just came to me. I was kind of solving my own problem and uh, recruited two co-founders, went to work on the app. And here we are eight years later. We're, we're an eight-year overnight success. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, point of the story is don't give up on mowing the lawn because uh, the grass is greener on the other side and that lawn needs to get cut, too. So- <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's true. And I think there might be correlation between the le- the less glamorous your business idea, the greater your chances of success, because not a whole lot of people are looking at it. Not a whole lot of people want to do what uh, do lawn mowing as a business. And so uh, if you can kind of the least sexy the idea, the, the better your odds of, of building something. All right, well, take me though. Okay, so so you 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 went to your computer, you started printing out some flyers, you started handing them out, you started kind of growing that business. At some point in your entrepreneurial life, there you kind of get to to a position where there's only so much time in a day. You can only so uh, mow so many lawns, and now you have to think about scaling up. And I think this is where a lot of people have an issue, right? They, they have this side hustle that they want to get off the ground and it might be doing okay, but they're not sure if they want to take the leap. Do they go full on with their entrepreneurial journey or do they kind of keep this half and half, you know, half pregnant, half foot in, half foot out. And, you know, let's see what kind of happens. What was, what was your mindset going into it when you got to that point and how did you decide to just push? Yeah. So I, I guess I kind of had a chip on my shoulder. I knew very early on that I wanted to if I was going to do this, I wanted to build the biggest landscaping company in town. I don't know why, but that's just what I wanted to do. And I said, I made, I made a little business plan uh, and and it was about a five-year plan and, and I just started working on it. And looking back, you know, 15 years to build that business from scratch and, and now, you know, almost a decade on the second business. One thing that's kind of made sense to me, you know, looking back from the rear view is looking at business almost like a video game, you know, 10 levels of Super Mario uh Super Mario World and and you just got to get through one level at a time. Don't even worry about a level, you know, five, six, seven, and eight. Just get through level one, two, and three. And the, I think the problem is, is a lot of business owners are like worried about Bowser when they're on level one. And really, you just need to get through level one. You know, that might be a thousand dollars a month in revenue or ten thousand a month in revenue, whatever that is. Just incrementally take it one level at a time and just kind of work your way through the plan and, and not get overwhelmed by all of these other things that don't really matter at your stage of the game. Well, what about the cheat code, man? There's always a flute or a warp zone or something that's going to take me to another level, like super quick and easy. What was your experience in business in trying to find that uh, that warp zone or that that little you know cheat sheet to get you to that next level, or was it always going to be that hard work? I think today the the cheat code is learning from other people who have already done it. So these days we have you know access to podcasts, uh, YouTube, online courses, masterclass, all of these things that are at your fingertips where you can learn from people who have done what it is you're trying to do. I think that's the cheat code uh, today. Back then, you know, building my first business from scratch, I think the cheat code that that I stumbled upon was trying to 
uh, go to bigger companies in the same industry as, as me in other cities and try to learn what they were doing. And so there was a conference that, uh, that the trade organization in our industry would put on every year. And every year I would try to meet with the largest landscaping company in that town. And sometimes they would meet with me, sometimes they wouldn't. But uh, like even one year it was in Chicago and I went and met with the largest landscaping company in Chicago. And I was able to look at their systems, look at what they were doing to market their services, look at what they were doing to recruit employees and keep them and train them and how they were keeping hundreds of trucks organized every day. And I was able to apply that to my business, which was a fraction of the size. And so learning from guys that were bigger than me, doing things uh, more successful than I was, who weren't necessarily direct competitors with me, was kind of a cheat code that I stumbled across early on in the first business. I'm your huckleberry. I'm your huckleberry. (laughs) How did that make you feel when you started to bring on employees, when you got to the point where you couldn't handle the workload yourself anymore and you had to shift from becoming a really good technician at what you were doing to becoming a manager and, and thinking as a business owner? Really terrifying. You know, that's one of the hardest uh, parts of, of growing a business from scratch is your first hire because you're really kind of doubling your business if you think about it. You know, it, it used to be you uh, doing all the work and all of the administrative and all the selling and all the things, you know, the on it and the in it tasks. And then now you're hiring your first person and now you're responsible for this person's paycheck. So it kind of turns the heat on a little bit and almost can like force you to level up, which is good. Uh, but it can also be hard because you're, you're having to double your business like that. And so for me, you know, I was able to ease into that a little bit. I hired somebody part-time to help me. And then I, I, I just hustled up as much work as I could to, to make sure that I had more than enough to, to, to keep them uh, on for 40 or 50 hours a week and then rinse and repeat and kept on doing that over and over again. Um, and, and so I, it was like a balance of working in the business and on the business. Uh, I was running a crew mowing yards uh, for, for six or seven years of that business. And, you know, I would be running one crew and, and they would be out mowing yards and I would be cold calling in the truck. I would be calling anybody that, that I could to try to sell them on my services. And so uh, balancing those tasks of in it and on it uh, in their early years is just something you have to do, you know, as, as, as everybody knows, you're going to be wearing multiple hats. What would you say was some of your uh, strengths and some of your weaknesses in business that you identified and you either replaced with somebody who can have a strength in that field or you just kind of put by the wayside and said, this is a skill I need to learn myself and let's dig in and do it? One mistake uh, that I did make was uh, looking back, and I didn't really know it at the time, was was uh was delegation by abdication. So that means like, let's say you don't like to do bookkeeping and you've never done the bookkeeping and you hate the bookkeeping. Staring at spreadsheets gives you a headache. That's how I would describe myself. And so you're (laughs) like, I don't want to do that. You handle it. And then that's not a really good way to delegate because you don't know what's going on. You don't know what to expect. You don't know. You don't know if they're doing a good job for you. Really, what you need to do is you just need to grind through like the like the bare minimum, the 80, 20 of the bookkeeping to do enough of it to where you understand it. And then you can delegate from a from a standpoint of stewardship. You're like you're, you understand how it's done. You understand how you want it done. Now you know how to how to delegate to somebody who's better at it than you. And so as far as I'm, you know, my, my makeup, I'm, I'm pretty good at selling. I'm pretty good at, at, uh, at just driving the ball down the field, no matter what we're doing, making sure we're accountable to our goals and getting stuff done. But what I'm not good at is, is, is pouring over spreadsheets and looking at the quantitative side of things and, and doing all the bean counting. I don't really get joy out of that. It's not what I'm inclined to do. So as time has gone on and, and as I've kind of matured as an entrepreneur, I, I understand how to delegate that to somebody who's better at it than me. 
And one thing I've learned in 20 years of business is that when you're delegating these things, it's better to uh, delegate to somebody who's a rock star at it, at the, you know, somebody who's really good at it for only maybe two hours a month or five hours a month versus somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, who may have just graduated school for 40 hours a week. So go to the top, get the best, even if they make two or $300 an hour, hire them for an hour or two or five a month versus somebody who stinks at the job for 40 hours a week. Mm, saving yourself time and headaches. Absolutely. Right. So you, you start to grow this thing and you said you eventually ended up selling this business off. There are a lot of companies or a lot of people who have this idea that they want to sell the business that they're, that they're getting into. And maybe that's their exit strategy, but never actually get there. And then they, if they do, there's never any kind of multiple because they've built a, a self-employed business, not really an actual business. Your, you know, mowing lawns is, can very much be set up that way where there is no business behind being the relationship uh, as, as the person who made the sale. How did you and, and what did you focus in on so that you can actually sell your business at a profit at a margin? Yeah, you bring up a very good point. There, There's a big difference uh, between owning a business and being self-employed. And the reality is, is most people who think they're business owners are actually really just self-employed. They they have a good lifestyle. Uh, they, ha they have created a good income for themselves, but they can't step away from the business and they certainly aren't ready to sell it. And so uh, first thing I would do is, is I would read two books. I would read a book called The E-Myth uh, by Michael Gerber, and I would read a book called Built to Sell. If you have dreams of selling your business, you need to read those two books and, and revisit them probably once a year because those are blueprints for how you can build a business that could be sold and taken on by somebody who's 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 bigger than you. And uh, and so there's a bit. So the the the, the e myth talks about. Uh, the difference between working in your business and on your business, you know, in your business, you know, to, to use the, the grass cutting uh, example is, you know, you're running crews, you're mowing yards, or maybe you're even managing the people that's doing those things. But working on your business is coming in on a Saturday or a Sunday and really like creating the, the training system that gets somebody up to speed on how you service your clients and what to expect and, and what, and what your business does differently than the competition and, and being able to train somebody in three days rather than three months. Like that's working on your business. You know, the marketing system, how do you, how do you get people to call your business for the type of uh, clientele that you want? And what's the marketing system that you have put in place that understands that, okay, if I put a thousand dollars in, I get $2,000 out. That's working on your business. And so E-Myth really kind of beats that into the reader's head and, and built a sale, uh, kind of takes it one step further, whereas where it, the, the the point of the book is, OK, well, this is how you build a company that can be purchased. And there's a big difference between building a business that you intend to sell one day versus building a lifestyle business that you want to go to Hawaii once a year with. Uh, they're, they're very different journeys. They're very different methodologies. And it's really hard to to pivot and, and make that switch very quickly. If you want to sell your business, you really need to be executing against a four or five year plan to get there. How did you know that that was the exit strategy you wanted to go into uh, versus, you know, sticking around and, and turning this into a business where you become a CEO or, uh, or even, you know, a board member and, and having a CEO to run your company for you? Why choose the option of selling versus maintaining? 
Yeah, so I did it wrong, and that's why I can give uh, good advice on how to do it right because I did it the I did it the wrong way. I ran the business for fifteen strong hard years, and 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 kind of take took it as far as I wanted to, as far as I could. And uh, I realized something about myself that my business is the thing that's causing me to level up. It's the thing that's that's causing me to progress in life and is offering me challenges and that's and giving me purpose. And I, I kind of plateaued as far as, as far as those things are concerned with with my business. So it just hit me like a ton of bricks one day that, wow, I've kind of plateaued in this business. I really want to do the next thing. I don't really know what that is, but I'm getting this yearning to do it. I want to sell this business. And from the from the moment that notion hit my head to the moment I was able to get the company acquired was a little over two years. And those were really, really tough years because I'm, I'm like retroactively fixing a lot of the things I did wrong and 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 putting in systems and processes where another company could take it over. And then all along, uh, you know, you realize that this business is no longer going to be yours uh, one day soon. And then, so that's kind of messes with your psychology a little bit. So so I did it the wrong way. And I would urge anybody that has a has an idea that they want to sell their company one day to do it the right way to create a four or five year plan and work backwards from that. And, and really it's just as simple as reading the book, the built to sell and, and doing what he talks about in that book. And so for me, uh, that's, that's how I did it. And, you know, I was able to get it done. And some of the reasons why we were able to get the company sold was we were profitable and we were debt free. We had built the business debt free from day one. It was just a philosophy uh, that I have on business building. And uh, luckily we were able to, to do it that way because, uh, all of my competitors had dreams of selling their companies too, but the problem was they might've had a $5 million business, but they also had four and a half million dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. And in, in these service-based businesses, the acquirer doesn't acquire the debt. That's up to you to clean up uh, when you get it sold. So let's go back to the, uh, Mario analogy here. So you, uh, you've been grinding it out. You've been playing super Mario. Now you grind out world one, world two, you get all the way to Koopa, you beat Koopa. You decide to finally retire. You sell this company. But you, you're not out of it now. Now you're on the star road. Now you have this other ambition that pops up. So tell me about the going from mowing lawns to heading into this tech space. Like, what was that thought process like in that transition like? Yes, well. Pivot. <laughs> I sell this company. And uh, I, I go through a growth period almost because uh, I was retired at that point. I didn't have to work anymore, uh, but I, I realized something was missing. Uh, I didn't have this thing that was offering me purpose. And I realized, wow, my business is the thing that offers me purpose. I don't have employees that I'm responsible for. I don't have objectives I'm conquering. I don't have things that are challenging me. And like I, I was I was like, there was a big hole in my in my life. Wait, and wait, thought, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's pause right there because there are so many people, including myself, that want to get to the point where okay i don't have to worry about that anymore but when we get there it's a whole different ball game so you know hover on that how long did you enjoy this retirement feeling before you had those feelings of oh shit i, I need something actually to do every day yeah you uh you really start to dial in on what your purpose is in life and you and uh for me it happened pretty quick you know i remember i was i was like hanging out on a beach in costa rica and uh, the biggest problem i faced that week was they ran out of my favorite type of tequila at the bar and i'm like you know what i'm really cut out to be solving bigger problems than this and so you run into this like existential thing where you realize wow what am i here for what does it matter and why why am i doing what i'm doing and uh, for me i realized that my, my my business is the vehicle that offers me purpose in my life 
life. You know, I can create opportunities for my employees, for my stakeholders, for my customers. I can build something I'm proud of that my family's proud of that, that that's creating value for everybody that's mixed up in it. And that's just a lot of fun. And you realize that, that that's why you get out of bed in the morning. And if all that's gone, then there's like this big void in your life. And then you kind of have this urge to get back in the game. And, uh, but, you know, I, I was able to kind of do it on my terms the second time. I, I didn't really, uh, I haven't, you know, I've been at this second company for eight years, but I haven't worked a day in eight years. I've always done what I wanted to do, which is breathe this company to life. And, uh, and so you, you, you kind of have to experience it to, to really understand it. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, if, if uh, like you're, like you're uh, alluding to, it's, it's hard to like, understand. <laughs> it's hard to like for somebody to tell you that. And then you get, and then you kind of have to get there and experience it but i encourage everybody to get there because because it's an awesome thing to not be beholden to do something you don't want to do uh it's awesome to be liberated to do what you want to do and for me business is something i want to do i i love being in the game i ignored my destiny once <laughs> i the second time around though the second time around you kind of said it right there you did things a little bit differently what was it that made this second time around different than the first time around. You're still objectively trying to win a game, right? You're still trying to win. It's just a different approach. Yeah, I wanted to build a 100% systems-based business, something that uh, wasn't necessarily dependent on people as much as as, as it had to be. Uh, every business is dependent on people, but but I, I wanted to be more systems-based. And so I knew that you know uh, technology was was maturing, especially mobile technology. And I knew that that an app could exist to make all of the million things that go wrong in the lawn mowing business more smooth. And uh, and so I kind of was solving my own problem with technology, I guess you could say. I I kind of witnessed on a daily basis for 15 years how difficult it was just to connect buyers and sellers for a basic service like lawn mowing. And so uh, so I was building a, a technology-based business and a systems-based business. I knew that, and I knew that's what I wanted to build. But what I didn't know was how hard that was going to be. Uh, I kind of like didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't know how to write software. I didn't know how to build software. I recruited two co-founders that you know, had a chip on their shoulder too and wanted to build something great, but they didn't know how to build software. And so we really kind of went through a hard learning period. Uh, it was about three years where we were learning how to code, learning how to build software while, while just cobbling together what the, what we thought green power should be begging people to use it, to try to get the feedback we needed to build the product. Right. And that was a long, 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 hard period, but it was one that we all grew, grew through and we became better entrepreneurs and, uh, and, and kind of, just persevered through it just out of sheer sheer will is not willing to give up and now here we are eight years later you know it's now it's fun it's a fun business to run when uh when you have a kid uh it's it's super cool when they go out and uh play sports or they're in a in a play or something you you always look back and they're like oh, that's my child like i i created that and you know they're doing so many great things i'm so proud of them i'm wondering if you have a very similar feeling when you look at the company you 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 built at the beginning and now your app that's out there and running and people are becoming successful at it what does it feel like to have made an impact in people's lives like that yeah, you really hit on it. That's why I do what I do. That's why my team does what it does. That's why we do what we do. We we really and we offer a nice convenience to homeowners to be able to to get this chore done at a touch of a button. But really why we do what we do is to offer service providers a livelihood, a mean a way to make material income without having to do all of the BS that goes into running a lawn mowing business. Uh, we offer them like a business in a box where they plug in, all they gotta do is do a good job for their clients and everything as it relates to getting new customers, to getting paid 
get on time to organizing their route to marketing automation. It all just happens for them. And so that's really who we serve. And, you know, we have hundreds of stories of, of, of business owners that, that just got started in the lawn mowing business, didn't know where to go. And they plugged into our platform and they were doing a hundred grand and take home pay the first year. And like, that's a lot of fun. And <laughs> he is good with those clips. And so oh, that's yeah. why, and so that's why we do what we do. That's, that's why I get out of bed in the morning. It's, it's to, it's to really kind of almost, uh, lend access to the American dream to people who want to work hard in the lawn mowing business. Now that uh, you've you've done it and you're making it easy for other people to do it, do you also like uh, mentor and help people when you go to these trade shows? I mean, we haven't been in a trade show in quite some time, but when you would go and show up and there would be you, you kind of see yourself in the crowd, people coming up and trying to get as much information as they can. Do people look to you for for coaching and mentoring in that space? It's funny you say that. You know, when we first started you know, we didn't have a really good product. It, it, in fact, it was a piece of crap. Um, and we were trying to get this thing going. We were only in, we're in every major city in the United States now, but we were only in Nashville, Tennessee for three years. And so we didn't have suppliers. We didn't have homeowners. So we had this chicken and egg problem. And the way we kind of hand cranked the supply side uh, and and, and kind of like attracted service providers onto the platform was, was I would cold call them. And I would say, hey, you know, I'm building, you know, you probably heard of me if you're in Nashville and you're in the lawn mowing business. And, and, uh, I said, I'm, I sold that business. Now I'm on to this new thing. And, and let me tell you about what I'm building. And, you know, if you will use it to quote yards and, 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 and mow grass on the app, I will give you free coaching, uh, two hours of free coaching every month. And that was how we got our first hundred service providers was, was I would, I would give them coaching for free as a, as kind of like a carrot, you know, like a carrot to kind of like entice them to use our platform because it, and it, and it really, it really sucked back then. It didn't have the features it needed. And, and so, uh, so, so the coaching, the mentoring thing was how we got over the cold start. Now here we are, we got over 10,000 service providers that use the platform. I don't personally know all of them. Uh, but so I don't do that anymore, but that was how we got over the cold start was, 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 and it was just cane cranky in the beginning. Nowadays. Yeah. I, I still do coaching. I still do uh, mentoring for free as a hobby to other business owners in Nashville, where I live all over the spectrum from construction companies to tech, tech entrepreneurs, uh, people who are crazy enough to build a marketplace like, like we're building. And, and I enjoy that. It helps me stay sharp. It helps me, it helps me stay uh, leveled up. Well, it's certainly more enjoyable than my average day. Yeah, definitely. It, it, what, what kind of relationships came out of that, that very beginning uh, beta group that came in where you were able to get to know them, give them some coaching to help build their businesses. And at the same time, I mean, you got, you must've got amazing feedback from them, uh, you know, as, as beta users. A lot of, a lot of personal relationships that I still, still have to this day, you know, six, seven, eight years later, uh, these are friends of mine. Um, and, uh, so it was a, but it was a symbiotic relationship because we were driving, we we're driving them business, helping them make money. And, and then on, on top of that, I'm kind of coaching them up on how to, how to, you know, make build a profitable lawn mowing business. But, but even more than that, we were getting the feedback we needed. Uh, we were getting people to use the, what, what little technology we had and give us feedback on what, where the gaps were, what they wish it would do, where it didn't work, where it was buggy, what features they wish it had. And then we were able to use that feedback to bake it in to the, to the product to make it better and better. Do you consider failure experience? 
That's how it works. And that's and we've done that on both sides of the transaction for service providers and homeowners. We've uh, we've never really been at a loss for what we need to be working on because we make it really easy to, for people to communicate with us. We remove all the friction for people to speak with us on a personal level about what they where they're disappointed with the product or where they're happy with it, what they wish it would have, what, what they wish it would do. And that feedback is kind of like free R&D for us. So you have literally built something from scratch, sold it off, built a new company from scratch uh, in a completely different industry because it's tech-based, but still kind of with, with your background in lawn mowing services. Got your victory dance. Well, I got it right here. Yeah. And I'd ask you if you're going to retire after a second victory like that, but I get the feeling like you've discovered that you have a purpose and you want to keep moving forward. So what is the future looking like for you? Yeah, you know, it's, it's easy to look back eight, six, seven, eight years. You know, when we started the business, we had 20, we finished our first year with 22 customers. Half of them were my friends and family. And so and now we got several hundred thousand using it. You know, we're, we're doing $20 million a year in revenue. We're profitable. We're growing. We're doubling every year. So it's easy to like say, oh, look how far we've come. But really, I mean, it does not feel that way. It feels like day one every single day uh, because there's so much further we have to go. You know, we're doing, like I said, over $20 million in revenue, but it's an $80 billion industry. So there's so much white space uh, left for us. And, and you know, until we're like in the lexicon of the English language, like you would Uber to the airport or DoorDash your your dinner or or get or Instacart your groceries, like until we're in that kind of like default list of things that you just do to get certain things done, you know, we won't be done. We, we still have a long way to go. And, and, and we're now we're having fun with it. It's actually enjoyable to run this business. Uh, and, and because I've got great people on my team, we're growing, we're helping small business owners. We're offering a nice little service to homeowners and all in all, it's just a lot of fun. Roads. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. No roads, all grass, all grass. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. So if people want to work with you, if they want to get on the app, if, if you know, you have a lawn that needs mowing, like how do you, how do we get it? How do we get started? How do we get the, the, the ball rolling as far as the customer's concerned? And even as far as a vendor can like a, you know, a 13 year old kid get on here and start mowing lawns. Yeah, we've, we've designed it. Uh, well, so you have to be at least 18 to be a service provider, but we've designed the, the homeowner experience to be as dead simple. You know, we, we like to say that drunk Homer Simpson can use it. And yes. so that in, in product design, you know, that's kind of what you have to solve for. Uh, you have to solve for somebody uh, just to make it so easy to where anybody can use it. And, uh, and so anybody listening to this that doesn't want to mow their own yard, they can just download green pal in the app store or play store. They'll get hooked up with a good service provider in less than a minute. Uh, anybody that actually mows yards or wants to get into the lawn mowing business, you can just, uh, download the app and scroll to the bottom and click apply as a vendor. Nice. Super easy and super, uh, eco-friendly ladies and gents. All right. Well, Hey Brian, man, thanks a lot for coming on the show and sharing your story, dude. That's one heck of a ride you've been on. Any, any suggestion to anybody's just getting started in the space now, now you're talking to that 16 year old, 15 year old kid that is about to get started. Like what advice do you give them? Yeah, start small, but be ambitious and, and get in the game. Like get in the game because only when you're in the game can you win. You have to get off the sidelines and you have to get in the game. Stop, stop waiting and get on it. Mm, take action. That's why Nike is one of my favorite brands. Just do it. 
Just do it. You don't have <laughs> to right. have all the answers. You don't right. know everything. Just right. get out there and figure it out. You're, you're, you'll do fine one you'll step f- at a time, right? You'll figure it out. You will figure it out so long as you don't give up. Right? That's exactly it. Just don't give up. <laughs> all right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Look, the, the, the lawn is always going to grow. You have rainy weather. I mean, we're in San Diego. We just had a, a few weeks of rain here, so everything is going to get green. If you need help getting your stuff, it's real simple. Your Green Pal. Just go to the App Store, like, like Brian was saying, download it and help it out. And for those of you who are just getting started in this industry, Look, it's always good to find a mentor. There's people who've already done what you want to do, even mowing lawns. I can guarantee there's people, I literally spoke to one today, who can help you get to that next level if that's what you want to do. It's just a matter of taking action. So, Brian, thank you a lot for coming on the show again. Appreciate you taking the time. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out, y'all. Manana. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.